You're listening to the Photo Up Podcast, where we're covering photography, marketing, and business from all sides of the industry. I'm your host, New York wedding photographer, marketer, and resident sleepy person, Megan Brookelman. Welcome back to the Photo Op Podcast. Today, we're chatting with New York-based photographer and producer, Lisa Ramsey. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much, Megan. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for being here. So tell us about you. How did you get started in photography? I was the family photographer when I was a teenager and fell in love with this medium. My high school had an actual photo studio and darkroom. And my photo teacher at the time gave us a pretty big allowance in running both areas, the darkroom and the photo studio. And it was kind of a crazy mess, but that further piqued my interest that this could be a way for me to explore the world and explore myself. After high school, I moved back to New York City and started exploring my photography, my art photography more. I was lucky enough to get a position at Fairchild Publications, which is a publishing firm that publishes Women's Wear Daily, W Magazine, and other publications geared toward the fashion industry. I worked in their photo studio as their coordinator, but it really was a stepping stone for me to learn about the fashion business from the ground up, meaning I learned about thread and buttons and fabrics and zippers and what it meant to be on a live professional photo shoot in a studio on location, meeting different people that were involved in that world, whether it was advertisers, editors, people from other publications who wanted to purchase images. And while I was doing this during the day, I was going to the School of Visual Arts at night in their BFA degree program. At the time, you could go take classes at in the evening. So I did that up until my senior year and never finished because I had to work. Worked at Fairchild for 10 years and left to pursue my photography teaching to start really exhibiting my artwork and to work as a freelancer. And I did that for many years. I exhibited for 10 years in New York and throughout the U.S., Uh, taught many classes at a few different schools and startups and in professional photo stores. And I just started to exhibit recently again. And I, my freelance career, I started off as an assistant and worked my way up to get my own clients and start to produce uh, still and video shoots. So that's pretty much where I'm at right now. So you have a major breadth of experience in photography. Yeah. Like it's not just <laughs> photographing, not just producing. Like I don't, I don't even know where to start with that. But when you were working at Fairchild, were you also shooting as well as producing or like... How did that look for you? Okay. I I ran, I helped run the photography studio that Fairchild Publications had for the different publications. And I started off assisting the photographers and eventually moved into photographing different events and fashion shows and some portraits. But it was a gradual career move for me. I didn't have that professional experience and it act, that really taught me so much about how to deal with other people and on set and other professionals 
at a you know fashion show or an event or how do you deal with advertisers it's assisting really gave me a big learning curve than just being thrown in it uh, okay go ahead you figure it out you know i was able to help the other photographers and watch and learn about lighting and posing and and what it, it's like to work with other people and how to what the art directors and creative directors were looking for when they wanted a story or a person photographed because you had to use your own creativity, but also almost, it was almost like a concept board, but kind of in a different way where you had to really work well with the other person to express their story. Wow. So I appreciate how much experience you've had in so many different areas, because I think it's really important for creative professionals in general, but especially photographers to, you know, dabble around and figure out what, what you actually enjoy doing and, and get that experience of dealing with clients, dealing with, you know, other producers, being on set, assisting. That's all such valuable experience, especially when you're, when you're building your portfolio and building your career. And you've had such a breadth of experience overall. And one of the things that I assume carries you through all of those transitional moves that you've made is your portfolio. So can you tell us a bit about that and and what it even means to have a portfolio as a photographer? That I was thinking about that for the last couple of days. Your portfolio these days, you have different platforms. When I was starting out, you just had a book with sleeves and hard copy photographs in them. But even with all the digital platforms, how what your portfolio says, something that really speaks to other people about who you are and where you're coming from, not just what somebody else wants you to do is really key. So a strong portfolio has to be updated quite often, not every quarter, not every six months. It has to change as much as your ideas change. And I feel that a lot of, um, and I know it's tough when you're starting out and you don't have a lot of money for a, a website, but a website is really key. It's key to people respecting you as an artist and a, as a creative, and it's key to showing the world that you're very serious about what you are doing with your work and your life or what you hope to do. I don't feel, and I and I know other people in different areas of whether it's publishing or corporate or the fashion world, you need a website. You can't just rely on social media platforms, even though there are some young artists or mid-range artists being discovered that way. Eventually, they will have a website to represent their work. So do you consider social media platforms that people display their work on, do you consider those also to be a part of someone's portfolio? It is, a, yes, that and part of your advertising. And I, you, I like to think of it as a way to test out your ideas because you can delete it. It's not like you're spending money on printing and buying or creating a whole new photo book, an actual hardcover book. So it's a way to test responses is a way to test out your ideas. It is an additional part of your portfolio, but I don't feel that it should be the end result. This is just my portfolio. 
it's part of it, but it shouldn't be the whole thing. And that's just my point of view. And do you think print portfolios matter for photographers in today's very digitized world? I think in some aspects they do. If you want to work in advertising, they will expect you to have a printed portfolio. And there are other times if you go to events or you go to places where there are other people uh, like auctions, if you want to be someone that sells your work at an auction, you need to have a big poster size image or a few handouts to give to people. And having something tangible in your hand, people respond to that. They remember that because everything is so digital. So having a, even if it's a small, softbound, self-published book, you can call it a portfolio, you can call it a, a promotional piece, that's something people will walk away from and maybe put on their wall at their office or put it in a folder, but it's something that people will reference and keep as opposed to where emails might get lost because so many we get so many emails a day. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really a content forward environment for photographers right now. And I think that can pose some challenges for newer photographers, especially who are constantly creating content, putting content out there for their digital platforms. But I don't think, I think that the skill of creating a true portfolio might get lost in that constant content creation. So how would a photographer get started creating a true portfolio of their work? I would, I would suggest to have a portfolio of one subject or genre, meaning if you photograph portraiture and active wear or life or fitness wear, you should have them separate. I would keep it very focused on just one area and put only your best images in this book or this mailer or this brochure or promotional piece. You don't want to put in a hundred different types of images. Even though we are inundated with images all the time, people will not look through that many images. You need to keep it to a certain limit, keep it to your best, and have a narrative from start to finish that even though it might be different types of style or maybe a color and a black and white, will the two images that are facing each other, will they talk to each other? Will they tell a story on their own and together? And you have to have that common thread throughout your portfolio from start to finish. You have to think about if someone's just going to look at the front page or the first image, they might flip and look all the way at the end and maybe they might look at one or two in the middle. So how are you going to tell that story if you're just using your best images at the front? It has to be, you have to pepper them throughout. And I like to use the Example of the like a roller coaster, you have to grab your viewer, you want to grab them right away. Maybe your next image is not as in your face, maybe just a little bit softer in tone, and then your third image could be up again. Kapow, I'm grabbing your attention, and then your fourth image could be a little softer, but you really depends on you how you want to position this. But it has to feel like you're on that roller coaster, bringing the viewer up and down, but on this ride that they want, they want to 
keep interested. I want to see how this ride ends. Where are you taking me? What story are you trying to tell me? That's how I, that's what I usually tell my students. I think you mentioned something really important as well, which is keeping separate portfolios for separate genres of photography, because there are a lot of multi-passionate photographers who do dabble in different areas. And I'm wondering if you think there is value for photographers in displaying themselves as a multi-passionate photographer, like on their website, for example, having different sections of the site for for fashion, for lifestyle, for portraiture, or do you think they should keep those brands like entirely separate from each other? No, I I, I think if you photograph different subjects or genres, have it on your website. That's been my approach because I have different work experience and clients in different areas. And many people do not do not have the time to go through multiple websites. If you can keep your each portfolio on your, your website to a certain limit of images, that is terrific. Because I think these days it's very rare that one you any photographer works in just one genre. So I, I think you have to be able to show everything as clean as possible and keep those images very tight. Again, not a, a, a lot of images and you can change that over time. And, and if there's something, a type of, I usually um, say to clients now, I've cut down my portfolio, I've reviewed it, I've taken off some work, I'm going to change it around. So if there's something you're thinking of, something that you don't see, please ask me, I may have it on my hard drive. I may have it in a different area. I'm just trying to keep my website loading quickly and efficiently so not everything is on there. And that's uh, and a lot of people appreciate that. They're like, okay, great. I'll ask you if I don't see what I'm looking for. That's a great point. And for photographers who are trying to narrow down their images, it can be really hard because photographers either hate all their own work or they love all their own work. I feel like there's... <laughs> And, and there's some days when it's one, some days when it's the other, but they, it can make it hard to edit down your own work. So what advice do you have for those who do need to pare things down? I struggle with this too. You, the best advice I could give is to have other people, not your family, not your close friends, people in the industry or other people you respect just and ask them, I, I changed my website. Can you take a look at it? Can you tell me any thoughts that come across once you look at it? Does it load up quickly? Do the images make sense to you? Do you get a sense of who I am? But asking as many people as you can to take a little bit of time to do this and then listen to what they have to say and take it with the grain of salt. Sometimes you're going to agree with it and sometimes you're not. But I think if we can be open to honest criticism, that will go a long way. Because if you're asking people you respect, they're not going to give you, they're not going to tell you something just to be mean. They're going to tell you something that's going to help you. And we all have opinions and try it. Try the suggestions that they give you. And if you're not happy with their suggestions, you can always change it to something else, or you can always add back those images they said take out, or you may want to add them back in in, a, in the winter as opposed to summer. 
if your work is uh, like that, if you have things that are seasonal. So there are different ways to approach it, but asking for respected opinions, most people would say, yes, I'll give you 10 minutes, 15 minutes, take the time to go over it with you. And then it's up to you if you want to try it out, take their advice or ask somebody else. I love the idea you just mentioned of a seasonal portfolio because I hadn't thought of that for particularly fashion photographers. I feel like that would be very valuable. Do you have any other thoughts on how people can creatively continue to update and display their portfolio? Well, right now we we're at a great position to learn from other people in marketing, in photography agencies, photography reps, people in advertising agencies, people are open to lending a helping hand. So now is a great time to ask for advice or participate in those groups on Facebook or any other platforms that you may be part of and see if there is someone that could help you out put together a portfolio, read articles, or try to join groups that you feel would be beneficial to your photography. And they occasionally may have portfolio reviews. Look at other photographers' websites from time to time, but not too much because I, I feel that sometimes that can get a little bit too much in your <laughs> in your head that it makes you feel like, oh, no, I'm not doing this enough or I, I should do that. But uh, it's like going to an art museum. You, If you like to view art, it can be a little over, can be too much sometimes because there's so much coming at you. But if you just kind of approach it, well, I'm going to look and feel what's here and look at the art on the wall and appreciate it. But I, I don't want to copy it, but I, I want to be able to have a hand and see what else is going on in the world. I think that's important too, but you have to follow your own voice and it can be tough because we keep, we have so much coming at us. But And with so much coming at us, that's, that's a good segue into the next question because you had mentioned before the flow of the portfolio and kind of the roller coaster concept. And I imagine that applies very strongly, especially in a print portfolio. But for a digital portfolio, does it matter how things are laid out or can it just be a bunch of your most awesome images thrown onto a page? Or how would you approach a digital portfolio like a print portfolio? Well, the I think one of the things that frustrates me visually sometimes is the WordPress website portfolios where everything is a page and it just seems like a whole mod podge of images all thrown together that don't have a connection because I don't know where where to look first I, and I can't interact with the images individually. I If that appeals to you, and I'm not saying that it's that's bad, I, again, I would go back to keeping your image numbers to a certain limit. Keep it very short and sweet. Have your different portfolios, different sections that make sense. Um, things like Instagram, your everything is put together. But it, with these visual portfolios, you can easily delete things, move things around, change colors, change tones, use different types of presets to change your images right away. And that's a plus. I think that's part of the fun 
But I think it's going to go back to trying different things and see what works for you and works for your business. And for photographers who are just starting out with their business, do you have any suggestions on how they can start building their portfolio to even have enough images to share? I would, if you can assist other photographers, that's a great start in learning certain skills to build your portfolio. I would do test shoots or TFP shoots if you can. I would be very clear as to the purpose of the photo shoot and what is to be expected in return. I would give yourself self-assignments, write out different ideas or different areas that you would like to see yourself working in, or maybe there's an art show you'd like to participate in. And if you give yourself a self-assignment, give yourself enough time to really form a story or narrative that makes sense in 20 images, write about your artwork, write about where you want to be. That may help redefine what you want or who you want to photograph. But I would, I use my phone and cell phones are great now for doing a lot of what I call storyboarding on the go where I'm working out ideas or maybe I might get an idea because I have the phone on me all the time as opposed to not always having the camera on me all the time. So those type of stories that you're taking with your phone or images can help you turn into a story or something that you may want to do. I think it really depends the type of work that you want to put out there in the world. What kind of portfolio, what kind of work do you want to do? It seems like you know how to gather inspiration from anywhere. My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, And can you think of any common mistakes that you see photographers making when it comes to displaying their work? I see things, I see uh, websites and portfolios that A, are all over the place. I don't have a sense of who they are or I don't get a sense of the person that they're photographing. I think there's a lot of reliability on presets and there's nothing wrong with presets, but I want to see what does your work look like before that? I don't see a lot of people wanting to go do a little bit of training um, and that would be assisting. I see they want to go straight to getting hired for the big jobs right away. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there seems to be a lack of, of narrative in the work. And sometimes a a photo shoot can just be one image, but it should be able to tell something in that one image. So I, I don't think they're giving themselves enough time to explore, even if it goes nowhere or doesn't end up in your portfolio, just creating a little bit of a visual story just because and just kind of think about, well, I I don't like to photograph food, but I'm going to try doing it in this style or I'm not very comfortable with people. I do products, but I'm going to try to photograph, do a portrait series just to see if maybe there's something I could pick up to bring into my product photography, things like that. And for the photographers who do make it into those client meetings or or digital meetings with clients, do you have any advice for preparing your portfolio to share with a potential client? 
you want to tailor your portfolio to each client. If the client likes very corporate type images, very clean, a lot of white backgrounds, I would try to find as many images that you may have. If that's the type of client you're going for, if you are photographing a musician that performs punk music, he's not going to like the corporate look. So I would tailor your work to what you feel a musician or somebody that performs music might like. But also pepper in a few personal projects if you can. And and if you can have a physical hand out or something tangible for them to hold on to once you leave, that always helps because it catches people by surprise that you would say, okay, here's a postcard or here's a brochure or here's my business business card. People love to have something in their hand. The tangible takeaway. I love that Uh, (laughs) because so many people aren't doing it anymore. You know, it's, it's go check out my Instagram, which is completely valid because we're all on Instagram. We're all checking Instagram, but Having that tangible takeaway to hold on to, I think it really means something special, especially when you're when you're dealing with a client you're trying to build a relationship with. Yeah. All right. Well, before we wrap up our questions, I've got some quick rapid fire questions because photographers always like to hear about other photographers. So are you ready? <laughs> okay. What do you like to shoot with? I am a Canon Mark 5D Mark IV person right now. What's your favorite lens? I love the 100 millimeter. What is a piece of equipment you cannot live without? Oh, you stumped me there. Um, I think it would have to be my uh, reflector. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> no one's ever said a reflector. That's, that's good. Uh, what's something you can't live without in your business? I would have to say, I would have to say my, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, is MailChimp because a, mail, uh, a email software program can do so much for you right now, or, I mean, it has for you, for me for years. So I would say a software program, email program like MailChimp. Studio environment or on location? Can I say both? <laughs> <laughs> Producing or photographing? I'm going to say both. And finally, print or digital? Uh, digital. All right. And where can our listeners find you? At lisaramsey.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for all this super helpful information on creating and sharing and tailoring portfolios. I think there's a lot of really good takeaways in here. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Thanks so much for tuning into the Photo Op Podcast. If you liked this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and let me know what you liked and what you want to hear more of. Also head on over to the Facebook community and participate in some conversation with fellow photographers. If you want to reach me directly, feel free to DM me at Megan Brookelman, which is linked in the show notes as well. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in a flash.